Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Acts of the Apostles, selections from chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd that gathered to witness this miracle. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. Listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know, this man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you both see and hear. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So those who welcomed his message were baptized And that day, about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today is Pentecost, the day we remember and celebrate this gift of the Holy Spirit Sometimes we think of it as a birthday, the birthday of the church. It's a time when we reflect on what it means for us to have received this gift. Then and now, the Spirit is a gift that affords both power and responsibility. The power to speak in new ways, to share the story of God's love revealed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and the responsibility to gather people together, all kinds of people, into a community, the church, that is notable for unity in its diversity. The church did not come together because a group of like-minded people came around together around what they had in common. The church was not created by people who spoke the same language or shared the same culture or background or ideologies. If the church was a human construction, that's exactly what would have happened. 
But Pentecost reminds us that the church is not a human construction. It is one of God's most astonishing miracles. The creation of the church by the power of the Spirit was a mighty act of God. In the third installment of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, when it is time to gather together far-flung people to defend the land of Gondor, the characters rely on a system of signal fires. Huge pyres had been set up on mountaintops throughout the land. When one pyre was lit, the people who saw it would know it was time for action. In the movie, this way of signaling comes to life when the first signal fire is lit high on a mountaintop. Moments later, you see on a mountaintop far off in the distance that the next pyre bursts into flame, and then the next, and then the next, until all of Gondor can see these fires and know it is time to unite. The church began when the first apostles received the Holy Spirit, which came first as a rushing wind and then as tongues of fire on each person present that day. But the church persisted and grew from that moment right up until today because the apostles nurtured the Spirit's flame by sharing it, sharing the good news with more and more people. The Spirit empowers the apostles to go out and meet the people around them where they are, literally speaking their language. The Spirit continues to give us that same power and responsibility to keep going outside the church, to meet people where they are, and to invite them to claim their part in the gospel story. But then and now, There was nothing easy about this task. Five years ago, a journalist who was traveling with then-Secretary of Defense James Mattis asked him what worried him most in his new position. The journalist expected the answer to be ISIS, or maybe Russia, or the defense budget. Instead, Mattis said, what worries me is the lack of political unity in America. The lack of a fundamental friendliness. It seems like an awful lot of people in America and around the world feel spiritually and personally alienated, he said, whether it be from organized religion or from their local community school districts or from their governments. That was five years ago, before a global pandemic that polarized us even further, before an election that's been falsely contested, before this calcifying of extreme views on both the left and the right that has made our politicians increasingly unwilling to seek consensus and compromise. The lack of unity in American life right now is undeniable. And we feel that. We feel the weight of that. We all carry the anxiety that comes with that, the fear of what it means for us to be so 
divided. And as Christians, we experience that in a particular way because we long for our faith to offer hope and healing wherever there is anxiety and fear and division. And yet, as James Mattis recognized five years ago, more and more people feel alienated from organized religion, from the church. Now, this alienation has been a long time coming, a lot longer than five years But it is made more pronounced when we see churches aligning themselves with political parties or figures even more than they align themselves with Jesus. It becomes more difficult for the church to offer hope and healing when there are revelations that the leadership of whole denominations has allowed decades of abuse to go unreported and unpunished. It is no secret and no surprise that many people feel churches and their leadership cannot be trusted. And yet, there is nothing I believe more than that if the church of Jesus Christ, which is the body of Christ in the world, if the church cannot address the fraying of the social fabric by offering an alternative possibility for unity that we see at Pentecost, then what does the church have to offer that really matters? When the Holy Spirit first arrived as wind and fire, it's astonishing. It was even frightening for those who witness it. Peter watches this miracle unfold and seizes the moment to preach a sermon about the power of God revealed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, he's delivering this sermon to a group of people who have gathered for the festival of Pentecost from every nation. But these are people who never interacted with Jesus directly. They weren't in Jerusalem when Jesus was crucified. And yet, he says to them, you crucified and killed Jesus. And then he goes on to say that God raised Jesus from the dead, and of that, all of us are witnesses. So Peter both holds the people accountable for something they did not personally do, and he anoints them witnesses to a miracle they did not personally see. In other words, Peter is proclaiming that all humanity— bears responsibility for unjust systems like the one that condemned Jesus to death, and that all of humanity bears witness to the miracle of the resurrection, the way God creates new life and new possibilities out of the very worst things humanity can do. According to Peter, We all bear responsibility for this world and for one another. And the text tells us that all who heard Peter's sermon were cut to the heart. And they asked, what should we do? When was the last time that happened to you? When was the last time your heart contracted in grief and anger and contrition, and a recognition of the ways we're all complicit in the injustice and disunity around us, 
even if we didn't personally cause it or knowingly participate in it? And when was the last time you witnessed personally and undeniably God's resurrection power? When was the last time something inspired you to ask, what should I do? Well, I hope that's happened recently. It certainly has to me. And I hope it happened here in church because that is what the church is here to do, to help us grapple with our power and responsibility for one another and for our whole community. Today, we are ordaining and installing new leaders to our session, the governing body of our church, and to the diaconate, the body of those who extend the ministry of God's love and care to our congregation. It is an incredibly challenging time to assume a leadership role in any organization, and the church is no exception. The stress and the grief of these last few years, even before the pandemic, have frayed the bonds of love and trust that hold us together. Like the people gathered on that first Pentecost, the differences between us are significant. And yet, you said yes to the invitation of this congregation, which is the call of the Holy Spirit, to bring your gifts, your love, your discernment, your wisdom to this church in this moment. You said yes to the work of keeping the fire of the Spirit burning and accepting the power and responsibility that comes with that gift. When those who gathered on the first Pentecost heard Peter's sermon and were cut to the heart by it, and they asked, what should we do? That is when the Spirit rushed in. They were baptized by the Spirit, and they became a community devoted to teaching and fellowship, breaking bread, and prayer. God's church is the place where we come together and tend the fire of the Spirit, and we do this the same way those first followers did, by sharing our stories with one another, by asking for and offering help by listening closely to each other, even when we disagree, by breaking bread and sharing meals together, and by praying with and for one another. These deceptively simple practices are a healing antidote to the fear and anxiety and division all around us. And when we do those things, we not only heal ourselves, We keep the fire of the Spirit burning bright so that we can be people of compassion and grace and truth when we go outside these walls. In the Lord of the Rings, for those signal fires to be ready to be lit at a moment's notice, there was a core group of people whose job it was to tend each flame so it would be ready when the fire needed to be lit. That core group in our time is the church. It is all of us. It is the elders and deacons whose job it is to discern the movement of the Spirit within these walls and to look for where the Spirit is calling us to serve beyond our walls. It is each person who comes to worship, who gathers for teaching and Bible study, 
who meets together in fellowship, and who holds each other in prayer. All of us have been called to keep the fire of the Spirit burning because we need that fire today just as much as it was needed on the first Pentecost. We need the Spirit to surround us with God's presence and to rush in to fill us up when the awareness of our sin cuts us to the heart. We need the Spirit to help us witness resurrection moments whenever they happen. The time for us to come together in spirit and service and love, in wisdom and compassion, in justice and truth for each other and for the world is now. It is Pentecost. The Spirit is here. Together, let's keep this fire burning. Amen.